0: Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week, Joseph Parker prepares for a Samoan homecoming, Pacific learnings from the Oceania Cup hockey tournament, and a shake-up in the Samoa women's seven scene. But first, Fiji footballers is stepping up preparations for Rio after New Zealand failed in its bid to overturn its disqualification from Olympic qualifying. The Oceania Football Confederation upheld the ruling last week, that New Zealand's under-23 men's team fielded an ineligible player during the regional qualifying tournament in Papua New Guinea in July. The Olly Whites were disqualified after defeated semi finalists Vanuatu successfully challenged the eligibility of South African-born defender Declan Wynn. Fiji went on to win the tournament and booked their spot in Brazil next year. Fiji football president Rajesh Patel was always confident the appeal would rule in their favour, but says it's nice to have confirmation.
1: This was something that uh, weighed over our shoulders head that, uh, yes, now we can uh, get into full swing uh, preparing for Rio Olympics. Uh, we have already a request from Qatar to play the match in uh, November 17th. And we have also lined up uh, matches with the teams in uh, Spain. So this is something that we will now go ahead with it as um, the appeal was something that we are waiting on, what was going to happen. Finally, we have known that the appeal has been dismissed and uh, we'll move on from here and prepare for Rio Olympics.
0: New Zealand football have until November the 13th to lodge an appeal to the Court of Arbitration for Sport in Switzerland. CEO Andy Martin says his organisation remains unhappy with the process that has taken place and told Richard Wayne they will assess their options over the coming weeks. Our priority is to get the players the
2: chance to qualify for the Olympics and um, you know, that should be done on the field, not off the field. We feel it's been taken out of their hands and we're not comfortable with the process that's been gone through, we're not comfortable with the decision. Um, so there's a lot of factors for us to get through in a short space of time to see, to see what we can do next. Um, there's no doubt about it. Everyone's getting fatigued by the whole process. The stakeholders, the players, everybody just wants an end, which we're very conscious of. But similarly, you know, from an emotional point of view, um, there's young men who want to play in the Olympics, so we can't just let that go um, without a fight. So we've got a lot of work to do in the next couple of weeks to assess the position after the decision last
3: night and determine the next route. So the 21 days from now that it starts. Does it to, to determine whether you go to CAS?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So once the once the decisions come out, it's 21 days to lodge your appeal to CAS. And then we'll follow it through from there so we've got a um, you know a lot of support from our board we had a, an executive meeting last night there'll be another one next week where we talk through the legal view of the findings from from the decision and we'll decide what we do next
3: is the financial uh, you know constraints a factor perhaps that you know you've already spent a fair bit of money I imagine on legal advice and so forth and it could well you know spend a lot more and ultimately still not be successful even if you did win at the court of arbitration for sport because FIFA could still just say no, could they not? Is that a factor?
2: Absolutely it's a factor. We've got to look at um, the financial implications, the operational risks but also the the view of our stakeholders, you know, the players, the uh, the PFA, um, the federations because we're representing our members and we've got to make sure we do the right thing by all of them. Look, the important thing is we don't want to find ourselves in CAS winning and then not being able to play the game. So all of this has got to look and say, is there time to replay the game to get us to the Olympics? And, and that's what we've got to work out over the next few weeks.
3: Relations with uh, Oceania have inevitably been strained by this, I'm sure. Uh, and you did use the word premeditated when you describing in the press conference uh, the protest uh, that eventually was lodged by Vanuatu. How are relations with Oceania and do you feel that you, know, you can stay in Oceania after this?
2: Look, we've got a new president now who's um, committed to building that relationship. We haven't had a full-time president for the last 12, 18 months, and there's a lot of time commitment in actually fulfilling the role. Presidents get together very infrequently, and a lot of things happen around that table that drives the football agenda in Oceania. So now Derek's with us. I'm hoping a lot of those issues will go away, we'll have some consistency, and we'll have a voice. Who do you think
3: was out to get New Zealand?
2: Look, it's wrong for me to say that sort of thing, but it just doesn't feel good that um, this was taken out of our hands off the field in the semi-final when we couldn't come
3: back The Pacific Games doubling as the Olympic qualifiers I mean because you said that uh, you had the eligibility of the players confirmed by the Pacific Games and yet obviously it wasn't uh, Declan wasn't eligible under FIFA Statute 7 How much of that confusion was a factor or was was part of you know, a result of the two events being at the same.
2: Without doubt that was a major factor. There has been two competitions played at the same time where we were playing on one day a team that could qualify for the Olympics and the next day someone who could qualify for the Pacific Games. So the, you know, our QC spent a lot of time at the appeal talking about the confusion of the two sets of rules uh, to the point that we were seeking clarity right up to the event as to what was applying in which circumstances. So a lot of confusion that has undoubtedly had an impact here.
0: That's New Zealand football CEO Andy Martin speaking with Richard Wayne. The New Zealand Samoan heavyweight boxer Joseph Parker is to fight in Apia in January. The 23-year-old was born in Auckland but his parents are from Samoa and the family still owns a house about 30 minutes from the Faleata Sports Complex where the fight will take place. Parker says it's a great feeling to finally bring a fight to the Pacific.
4: It's been a long while since we've been planning it, but um, I think this is the appropriate time to do it, as the higher we climb the ranks, the harder it will be to bring it back here, and it just means a lot to us, you know, my parents were born here in Samoa, I come here every year for holiday, and I like to relax here, so to bring a big fight back here will be just saying thank you to those uh, who live here for their great support.
0: And you do travel back there quite regularly, when you do walk down the street, when you do go back, uh, do people recognise you, are, are you a familiar face over there?
4: Most definitely, you know, everywhere we walk, it's photos and autographs. And it just shows that there's a lot of support here. You know, People are, are happy what we're doing. There are people are happy and following our career. And they're wishing nothing but the best for us.
0: How many sort of family members do you have that, that still live there?
4: I have my mum's sister who lives in our village. A few of my dad's siblings that live here. So our family's sort of spread across the world, but there's a lot of us still here
0: in Samoa. And uh, the fight is going to be at the uh, Faliata Sports Complex in Arpia, which uh, I think is in uh, tip-top condition because the uh, Youth Commonwealth Games were held there not so long ago and it's had a bit of an upgrade. So uh, a good uh, venue uh, for for you to compete in?
4: Yeah, we went and checked out the venue and we're happy with it. It looks like a a venue that will have a great atmosphere on the night of the fight and I believe that it's going to be jam-packed, it's going to be filled.
0: And uh, you know, following your victory uh against uh Kali Meehan, uh, you've got Fight for Life coming up and then Samoa. So what are sort of the plans over the next, you know, month or two?
4: We'll be um leaving the Vegas on Saturday, so and then we'll have a four week camp. We'll be back to New Zealand to fight for the Fight for Life and then back again to Vegas uh during Christmas and New Year's to train for Samoa, so it's a really busy schedule, but it's a schedule that I'm happy with, and I look forward to having a break you know, after the Samoa fight. But for now, I just have to concentrate on what I have to do, that's to train hard, be as prepared as he can be, and I uh, look forward to the fights.
0: And uh, there's obviously been no uh, public announcement of who you are going to fight, but it says he's going to be a, a left hander. Do you know who you're going to fight?
4: I'm not sure yeah, um, who I'm going to fight at the moment. We're still you know, searching for opponents. Um, a lot of opponents did pull out when we give them the offer and, and when they do agree to it. But um, I'm sure that soon we'll be able to lock in the phone and we'll make an announcement.
0: And uh, Joseph, the family still has a house about 30 minutes away from the venue. Are you going to stay at home?
4: Probably going to stay uh, at a hotel so I can concentrate on training because I know if I stay at a home, a lot of family will visit. So.
0: But you're expecting a lot of family to be in the crowd for that one?
4: I'm expecting a lot of family. Probably half the is going to be my family. So there's a lot of family here. There's a lot of people already booking their flights to come to start for the fight. So uh, it's definitely going to be an exciting fight and it's going to be one for the history.
0: That's the New Zealand Samoan heavyweight boxer Joseph Parker. Fiji men's hockey coach Sean Corrie believes his team showed significant improvement during last week's Oceania Cup. The Pacific champions finished distant third behind Australia and New Zealand, and ahead of island neighbours Samoa. Despite conceding a combined 29 goals against the Trans-Tasman Big Guns, Corrie insists their performance was much better than in the past.
1: We felt that the boys did really well against uh, Australia and New Zealand, and uh, also some more. We betted scores against Australia and New Zealand when we played uh, ten years ago in 2005 here in Fiji. So the guys have improved. and We've learned a whole lot over the week. and Proud of the boys' performance.
0: It's been a decade, has it, since you had actually played a full international against yeah. either Australia or New Zealand. So I mean that in itself quite significant. That irrespective of the result that you actually got to play them must be uh, you know uh, a real boost for you guys.
1: These games, these big games hardly come away way and uh, to get to play the, the number one in the world was uh, pretty exciting for everyone.
0: So against Australia I think you improved from 26-0 down to uh, 17 and uh, New Zealand uh, you lost 12-0. What was the score last time against them?
1: I think it was
0: uh, 17-0. So how did you feel about the competitiveness in those games? Obviously still quite big score lines, but as you say a significant improvement. Did you feel you were competitive for periods there?
1: Yeah we, uh, we got into the circle against both Australia and New Zealand uh, We got uh, corners against Australia and New Zealand But uh, we couldn't finish it off These are quality sides being ranked in the top 7 in the world for both teams It doesn't come by default They've worked hard to get there and their rankings And uh, playing against the uh, top 2 guards, uh was exciting And uh, we've learned a whole lot uh, during the course of the week
0: And so how does Fiji Hockey try and build on those efforts And, and either try and secure more matches of a similar level Or you know, uh, try and close that gap further What can you do?
1: We definitely need uh, finances, which which is hard to get here in Fiji. We need to ensure that we build our development league, the, the juniors, uh, and ensure that uh, we have a strong base from which to feed into the national team. I think if we can do that uh, over a period of time, uh, we'll have uh, stronger teams.
0: Because, of course, two years ago you weren't a part of the last Oceania Cup. Papua New Guinea and Samoa took place this time. Fiji and Samoa were also there. Um, are you confident that in two years' time Fiji will be back?
1: Yeah, hopefully, uh, I know we get our act together and build towards these events. Uh, it's uh, something that we want to uh, come to and uh, compete against the top teams, something that uh, our country needs, our hockey needs, and uh, we need to really get stuck into preparing for these now.
0: And uh, so what's the next major event? Is uh, Fiji hosting a Oceania Pacific <laughs> Cup this year, or is that next year?
1: I think it's mid-next year. Uh, for us now, it's, uh, this is, the, I think, the Australian country is coming down to play in Fiji and I think also the New Zealand Presidents. First it's December and then uh, next year is OPC.
0: That is the, alongside the World League as well?
1: Yes, the World League is uh, I think uh, doubling up with OPC next
0: year. And I guess that's doubly important because Fiji qualified to go to the second round last year but of course you weren't able to do so because of Again, the, the the finances, and I guess that's a recurring theme, is the same reason there wasn't a women's team in Stratford, I guess. It's it's tough, right, for those uh, smaller sports?
1: Yes, uh, f- uh, hockey is a small compared to rugby, netball and soccer here in uh, Fiji, so funding is always an issue for uh, small
0: sports. What about your Pacific neighbours? Uh, Samoa, they've been to the last two uh, Oceania Cups. Uh, obviously, they were well-beaten as well by both uh, the Trans-Tasman teams and also Fiji, um, but they managed a goal against Fiji, which I think for them was uh, a milestone in the Pacific Cup. Uh, you have an advantage in the sense that even though you haven't got much money, you've got the turf, which uh, is a big deal in the Pacific, and not many countries have it. So uh, I suppose for their development, they possibly need one of those.
1: All the Pacific Island teams, uh, in order to improve, they'll need a uh, proper surface. You, know, you can't do that playing on grass. Samoa has been improving uh, over the years, and it's good to see them uh, competing in these events as well. Uh, they didn't go uh, go to the Pacific Games. Uh, I guess they uh, saved all their funding for the Oceania Cup in New Zealand.
0: That is the Fiji men's hockey coach, Sean Corrie. A new look Samoa women's sevens team will take the field this weekend. The Manusina finished a dismal 11th of 12 teams at a World Series qualifying tournament in Dublin in August, with all but three of that squad based in Samoa. Former Cook Islands men's sevens coach Ramsey Tomo has since taken charge on an interim basis and he's selected an entirely New Zealand-based squad to compete in this weekend's New Zealand Women's Seven Series event in Taupo.
5: I had applied for the men's role and just missed out narrowly to the current coach. It was down to me and him apparently and they went for the Englishman, Damien, which is fine and got uh, sent an email saying if there's any way I could try and assist with the women's, and so that's how that came about. It's a challenge and... Uh, Great to be able to get a team that hasn't performed particularly well and and see if we can and as much as we want to include the Samoan girls in that group, the reality is is we have to select the best players that we can, and there are some girls that were in contention but they haven't turned up to training and you know fitness is a key component of playing sevens, which I always likened to being the an extreme sport we just had some trials here and we'll be selecting a squad that's going to go to Taupo this weekend to play in the New Zealand Women's Series. So we're the sixth team there, um, so there's five trial teams, which is a um, pretty good build-up for us. And um, after watching Fiji on the weekend at the Central Coast, I've watched all the games on, online live and certainly it's going to be not a walk in the park.
0: The Manusina missed out on a uh, World Series spot earlier this year are up north, and I guess we've seen Fiji on the last uh, couple of years of the World Women's Circuit, but Samoa haven't really featured. And Why have they maybe not been able to compete at that level, and and, and what needs to change?
5: What needs to change is Samoa want to develop players in Samoa, and there are a couple of gyms up in Samoa that we could foot it quite easily with the girls that are based here, but they need local competition up there, and until those structures are in place, which I know is on the radar, and there's got to be local competition for 7s and 15s, then they're always going to be behind ball. Obviously, they missed out on qualifying, which would have been a huge um, opportunity to grow the game and, and get more Samoan women interested in, in trying to represent Samoa. So, we've obviously been given a brief to look wherever I can to see what we can put together for this Olympic qualifier. And Look, we've got a few very good girls that have come out of the woodwork. A former silver fern, we've got a couple of Kiwi ferns that are in the mix as well. So if there has been expressions of interest from a current silver fern player as well, I won't mention her name, I don't want to get her into trouble. <laughs> but they're looking at, you know, the the possibility of, you know, getting to an Olympic Games which will never happen if they stand you know, and they've seen what's happened to Portia Woodman, and Kayla McAllister and, and the like and thinking, you know, look, they, could that be an opportunity for them. So, which is a possibility. The Women's Game needs more attention and um, but in order to do that we've got to put some runs on the board as well and, and do well. Who,
0: who's your uh, former silver fan?
5: Sulu Fitzpatrick. So she's uh, the sister of Auckland Storm Centre the older sister uh, of Theresa Fitzpatrick. Yeah so she's uh, probably about 6'3 I think and can run <laughs> so going to be a couple of defenders that uh, needed to take her down. So she was in the Silver Friends and then she had the um, twins. And I don't know if she's got back there yet. yes, yeah, so she's got a couple of young kids and having cricket the seven. So we'll see her this weekend in Taupo. Yeah, We're just trying to shape a competitive squad. But yeah, uh, at the end of the day, we've just got to really develop the women's game and have a system and process in place that women based in New Zealand Australia and in Samoa can say, hey, look, we want to play for Manusina and, you know, if that means having a regular tour or test match fixture for the fifteens every year then we'll get girls saying, you know, at the moment we've probably got some girls that are happy to wait for five years to become a black friend whereas if we can provide international competition the thing is, some was not big enough for women's anyway to have separate men's 15s and separate women's sevens players. That, that both programs have to feed into each other until we grow that base and we become a viable option. And you know, the beauty is, is we get to have another crack at uh, the qualifier again next year. So, but focus is really on um, getting a team prepared for the qualifiers and hopefully either winning that for automatic uh, entry into the Olympics or um, finishing in the top two outside of the winner that gets to go to the final Ripper Charge tournament in June 2016.
0: Okay, and you certainly don't have much time to prepare because you've only been in the role for a month and it's only a couple of weeks to go until the main event. In that short space of time, what can you do to try and get them as ready as quickly as possible?
5: We have had a, a local... Auckland group training, so we've had somewhere, sometimes up to about 20 girls running, and and some of them, you know, are there purely for development, and so I've left it open because I don't want to leave no stone unturned in terms of trying to find a player that wants to put their hand up, so it's coming together. And fitness at the same time So the that at Auckland Base Have been um, given a fitness programme to try and do And this weekend will be a really good measure When we head down to Taupo um, To see where we're at Against the top 60 identified girls um, That are vying for a New Zealand sevens contract
0: Fiji at the obvious competition um, From Oceania with New Zealand And Australia obviously already secured In their Olympic spots Having finished in the top four in the World Series Who else do you see as uh, the obvious challenges Come the uh, Rio qualifiers in Auckland?
5: When it comes to sevens, everyone's a threat. Anything can happen. You know, uh, the thing with sevens is, you know, sometimes it's a referee call, it's a player brain explosion, and you don't have a lot of time to try and fix it. So, I am expecting that we'll get tough challenges from all the teams. Really, you know, you just got to be on your game for every minute to be competitive. And so, there's obviously Cooks, PNG, and Tonga there. We can't afford to take any of them lightly. And but my brief has been given that. If we don't necessarily qualify, they want to see an improvement in the women's sevens game. Yeah, obviously we want to qualify, and that's our first goal, And but we also want to be playing well and playing some really good sevens, and if we can do that, then we'll be all right. Um, by running the sevens programme...
0: And so just from the squad you've got for Taupo, I think you mentioned you hadn't finalised the squad for uh, Auckland yet. For the Taupo squad, how, how many are you taking, and how many... Are you oh, z- so we're going to... Yeah, we're gonna
5: take 16 girls down. Yep, and from that 16, we'll be cutting down to 12 after Taupo. So, this weekend is like the final trial for a lot of these girls, and um, we're hoping um, there's a couple of girls that we're still talking to. So yeah, so I mean, we just want girls to choose to represent Samoa, and um, just gotta get the girls over in the islands. onto a regular program and, you know, hopefully we'll become very competitive.
0: So how, how many of that 16 are based in New Zealand at the moment? And oh, have-
5: actually, probably all of them will be NZ based. There are a couple of girls on the radar from Australia, but the logistics probably doesn't really allow us to actually get to get a chance like they would have needed to get themselves over here to be seen, to play. And there is capacity to have following the girls down from Samoa as part of the Oceania programme, but uh, they just haven't fronted the trainings um, in Samoa, and so that's the issue.
0: That's the Samoa women's sevens coach, Ramsey Tomokino, and that is the World in Sport for this week. I'm Vinnie Wiley. As always, thank you very much for listening.